0: I will never let fear of judgment ever stop me from doing something that I want to do ever again. Whether people love you or they hate you, none of it fucking matters if you don't back yourself. All right, so welcome back to the Maria The Deal Show. And this week I am going to be talking about, you know, something that I think so many of you are going to be able to relate to, and it is the best lessons I've learned from some of the biggest mistakes that I've made. And I want to preface this by saying, when I say mistakes, I don't mean, okay, I'm talking about a fuck up and something I really regret and I wish it didn't happen because genuinely at the core of my being, and you're going to hear some of these things and think, oh shit, that's not very nice. And as much as it is something that I feel sad about the harm caused, I don't necessarily Regret that these things have happened because they needed to happen in order for me to grow and in order for me to know myself better and to learn how to be and how not to be. And I think for most of us, you know, you can regret harm caused, but I think when it comes to having regrets about mistakes, you shouldn't because there's the gift of a lesson in everything. And that's what I want to do in this episode. But before I get into it, I just want to take a minute to honor the memory of my friend, Carol Wilson. Uh, actually, on the way here, I heard the news that Cal had passed. She was a friend of mine that I'd met through one of the craziest experiences I'd ever done. And I didn't even know she was unwell. And you'll have to forgive me if I'm sort of fumbling through this a little bit because I, I'm i just processing. And I kind of thought about, should I sit on this before I say something? But the reason I wanted to honor Cal, especially in this episode, is because one thing I learned from Cal is when we spent our time together, you know, in the jungle and outside of it and became friends. One thing I loved about Cal is she was very maternal to me and very generous when she would share her experiences and her advice. And she shared a lot of things that she... You know, in retrospect, yeah, maybe I wish I did this differently or this happened and I kind of wish it didn't. But at the same time, she had such a deep appreciation for what things taught her. And she was someone with a very big appetite for life and who was able to find the gift in lessons. And she knew what mattered and what didn't. And I loved how much she loved her son, Digby, and her husband, Chris. She loved her friends. She showed up for them so passionately. And she showed up for life in that way. And so before we get into this episode, I just want to take a minute to honor the beautiful soul that always will be Cal Wilson. You will be so missed. I love you. I'm so grateful that the jungle brought me you and, you know, our friendship. And I will always think of you and remember what you've taught me. So on that note, honoring my beautiful friend, let's get into the episode. To start off the episode, I just want to remind you guys, like I said, when I'm talking about some of these things that I've, you know, the mistakes that I've made, it's just for the purpose of the episode, I'm calling it a mistake, but it's something effectively where I've regretted harm caused in some way, whether it's to myself or whether it's to someone else, that's what I mean by mistake. But at the same time, there was always a valuable gift of a lesson and just bear that in mind when you're listening. And the first one that I want to talk about is from when I was a kid. And I've always held on to this and I've never publicly spoken about this. And I want to be real. You know, when I was in primary school, I remember I kind of jumped on the bandwagon with a bunch of kids who would bully this one girl. And it was quite unkind. You know, we back then didn't have conversations about, you know, not being unkind based on a person's differences. People were really insensitive based on things like what your body looked like. And so people picked on this girl because she was a little bit of a bigger girl. And I was shy and quiet and so afraid of being picked on myself that I joined in and I was complicit. And when I look back on it, that really fucking sucks. And I reconnected with her over the years and she's just a beautiful person You know, and I look back on some of those things, some of the the moments where I got involved and I didn't speak up and, you know, yes, I was a kid, but I do wish, you know, if I could go back or if I could speak to my younger self, I would tell her why it is so important That when she witnesses something like that, bullying or being unkind to someone based on them being different or not fitting an idea of how someone should be or just being picked on for being themselves. I would tell her why it is so important to find her voice and stand up against that because I've carried that with me for a really long time and it's something I'm not proud of. Um, But what it did teach me, you know, in unpacking that, you know, because then I went into high school and I, you know, I was picked on in school for You know my race, a lot, a lot of racism, and in high school it got worse. It you know picked on for a bunch of other things, and I think when I was on the receiving end of it, it started to make me think like, oh God, like I've done this to someone else, or I've been a part of this where a group of people have done this to someone else, and so it shouldn't have taken that for me to be able to have empathy and to know that that was wrong. But I think one of the lessons it taught me is it really, really cemented in me that that is not something I'd ever want to do again. And it took me a really long time to even learn to stand up for myself when I was on the receiving end of it. And to be clear, like, I guess if you're a parent and you're listening to this, or if you're a kid and you're listening to this, it can be really hard to try and teach someone young who, you know, kids have a hard enough time trying to figure out how to fit in themselves in school, right? Like we're all just trying to, you know, find out you know, where do we belong and and be accepted. And so to encourage a kid to go against the grain and speak up for someone who's being bullied or to not participate when that's what is perceived to make them cool or it's what everyone else is doing, I so get that that is hard. But it is so worth learning that lesson that it is important to be courageous. It is important to stick up for people who need you and to not go along like a sheep. It's important to nurture those qualities early because... You know, I think a lot of people don't grow out of that and you see that behavior on a spectrum, bullying in school, and then it extends to bullying in real life and then going into adults who don't tolerate differences or growing into adults who are super judgmental because someone doesn't fit a mold of what they expect. This is like, this is really interesting, but I, so I was talking to my partner about this. So she's a mom and one of the things she actually said to me recently about her son is that What she loves about him is that he's not a sheep and he's really not like very independent little dude, just plays by himself, isn't watching what anyone else is doing, you know, just wants to do his own thing. And what she said was, I love that he's got that about him and he just follows whatever his intuition tells him to do. And, you know, I said to her, like, you know, the way you raise him, like never let him lose that. You should nurture that. And in the same way, like thinking about that when kids go to school or when we become adults why do we lose that? You know, so I think one of the biggest lessons I learned there is, you know, don't lose your ability to tune into your intuition when you realize that maybe somebody's being treated badly or you're treating someone badly. Don't ignore that feeling and, and stand up for what's right, because um, it is better to do that and to be told that, OK, well, you don't fit in and maybe you're a little bit different and maybe it's not cool, but. One thing, a lesson that I learned is it is better to not be accepted if it means that you're standing in line with your values and you're just treating people with kindness. I would rather be not accepted than accepted by a group and treated well and part of what's perceived to be cool, but it comes at the cost of my integrity. So that was a really big lesson. Thing number two, and this is something I've only ever spoken about in my book, but when I was 18 just come out of high school I cheated on my high school boyfriend and at the time I you know I'd kiss someone else and I told him immediately and you know we ended up breaking up and I was devastated. It's nuanced in I think the model for relationships that I had and some of the patterns of behavior that I'd grown up witnessing weren't always the healthiest and I for a long time felt so sorry for myself because I was genuinely remorseful and after the fact was so disappointed in myself for the hurt that I had caused and when I saw the hurt that I caused I was so deeply ashamed and guilty and sad and it was like this cocktail of awful emotions that made me really quite unhealthy for a while but in going through that and seeing the hurt caused and I wish it didn't take that for me to learn that but I I learned a lot about relationships so I learned that relationships and giving somebody your word and building trust and having that kind of integrity and making that kind of a commitment, whether you're engaged, you've said, I love you, whatever. If you've given someone your word, that is everything. If you don't have your word, you have nothing. And I learned so much in causing that harm because I would never, ever, ever want to make another person feel that way again. And coming out of that, it forced me, you know, going through that really tumultuous period for a year or so after you know, in retrospect, I was able to really look back and reflect on that and also learn how important it is to own up to, you know, what we do that causes a relationship to break down because I think, you know, for a little while I came out of it feeling super sorry for myself. Like I, I messed up, I made a mistake but and I'm so sorry about the hurt caused, but now my heart's broken and I think I really just needed to grow up a little bit and learn that, The things I was choosing to say and do and how I was dealing with my own emotions was so destructive and it's never going to be okay. And a lesson I've taken into all my other relationships is that if I am unhappy or if something is going wrong, I will never, ever, ever resort to projecting that onto someone else, trying to resolve that by hurting someone else. But also it is so important to healthily cope with what is going on within yourself before you can take any actions that affect a partner and that sucked it sucked doing that to someone else but i think i came out learning to appraise myself a little bit more honestly and really check myself and own up to when i have not been a good partner and i think for anyone else who has made that mistake it is an awful thing and something that you can carry a lot of guilt and shame for and you know talk to someone work through it but i think if you can do that Learn from your mistakes. Learn what you did to contribute to a situation. Don't attribute blame elsewhere. We're all responsible for our own actions. And if you're not happy, you know, causing harm like that, if you have done something like that, like me, I think it's really important to walk away from that, trying to understand when I get to a point where I am so unhappy, or whatever the cause is, you have to learn healthier coping mechanisms so that you do not carry that pattern on into future relationships. And that's something that I learned from that. And it has been really valuable. And that feels really nice to, I guess, own up to that. Just stupid mistakes I made as a kid ended up teaching me so much that I hold in my relationships till today. So forgive yourself, learn, and move forward. Now, this one is a little bit silly. Um, it's going to sound really silly, it's going to sound super petty, but. Oh, God, if Shannon's listening to this, I know that Shannon and her sister Shana are going to listen to this and they're going to be laughing. This is going to sound so petty. And you know what? That's because it is. I've been best friends with my best friends for like 12 years and they are my family. We have the most pure, genuine, deep friendship. Like we have been there for each other through some of the hardest times. We are there for the highest. Like it's family, right? We've been friends since we were like 16, 17. We're all 30 now and going through life together. We don't fight often, <laughs> and <laughs> but one time, uh, we would have been about 24, Shannon and I were going to an event and we quite literally had a fight that almost threatened our friendship and it was over an outfit. I wish it wasn't as petty as that, but we were going to an event and I had this idea in my head of what I wanted to wear. It was exactly what Shannon had in her head, what she wanted to wear. And we sort of brought it up and it was kind of like, okay, well, someone's going to have to change and neither of us wanted to. And it culminated in one day being out shopping with Jess and Shannon. And Shannon and I happened to be at the same shop and we were trying on outfits unbeknownst to each other. We were in the change rooms next to each other. And Jess came in and I stepped out of the change room in an outfit and thinking, yep, love this. I'm going to get it. You know, hopefully Shannon sorted her sorted her shit out. And then she stepped out of the change room in the exact same look. And I remember looking at, I didn't, I was so angry. I couldn't even talk directly to her. We were talking to our shared best friend. I just said to Jess, is she serious? She better change. And she was right there. And what did she do? Just to be extra petty. She was like, wow, I love how this looks on me. Okay, <laughs> I was so angry and she was so angry. I remember I left and we had a massive fight and it was like in a shopping center. It was so embarrassing to the point that Jess, our shared best friend, you know, was chatting to her privately, then chatting to me privately and sat me down and she was in tears and she was like, we're better than this. Like, this isn't who we are as friends. What are we doing? And it, I don't know how it got to that point where we fought over it to that level, like six years ago, right? We were, we were young, but like, look, we're 24. Anyway, the point is, we look back on it and we laugh at it. And what we learned from that is no friendship is ever worth fighting over petty, trivial, materialistic, stupid shit. A big lesson I learned is I love my friends and I cherish my friends way too much to threaten a friendship over something like that. And I get that sometimes these things come with maturity if you're young and you're listening and maybe you fight with your friends about really petty, trivial things too. And it can be hard in the moment, but a valuable lesson that, you know, Shannon and I picked up from that instance and that I think a lot of us pick up over time is that these little things will happen. And sometimes they're not so trivial and they're petty, but if a friend matters to you and if the relationship is important to you, Whatever you need to do, whether you need to take a little bit of space before you process and work it out, work it out. Because if there's something I've learned in my life, it is that there is nothing more important in your life than the people you love, than the friends that you have. And if you both need to turn up to an event in the same outfit, or if you need to go and change, do it. Nothing is more important than your friendship. Another one. Big lesson I learned very early on in my life is when it comes to money, do not be so obsessed with looking rich that you compromise your ability to live securely. So when I was 25, and I, again, have spoken about this in my book and and things like that, but when I was 25, I got myself into quite a bit of debt for someone who was just out of uni, working, you know, in her first corporate job. Why the hell did I need to rack up that much debt? I was living with a partner at the time, he was the most beautiful man, and this is why it doesn't make sense that I was in so much debt. He was a little bit you know more ahead in his career and was in a better financial place and was very understanding that I was uni student just starting out in life. And so when we moved in together or if we'd travel, he would support me. Like point blank he just did. He was such a generous man. And there I was, irresponsible as ever, just putting things on the credit card. When we moved into that first apartment, instead of thinking, can I actually afford this? Wow, I want the marble coffee table. I'm going to put down a couple of grand on it. And it's like, girl, that is like a monthly rent. Like, what are you doing? So I was spending all this money. And also I was around people who, like I said, were a little bit more ahead in their career. And so they could afford to have nice cars and nice things and go out a lot. I was not in that place, but I was so obsessed with keeping up that I would spend money on my credit card to have these nights out, spend money on my credit card to buy outfits and things to make it look like I was at the same level of financial comfortability, but I wasn't. And so what ended up happening is that when that relationship ended, I sort of hit a crossroads and I was like, right, well, I'm living in this apartment with this partner, but now I want to go move out. And when I did my finances, I'm like, not only can I not afford to move out, I'm also five figures in debt. And I moved back home with my parents and I thought, holy shit, I've got to figure something out. It was a really big reality check. And I spent that year working in my corporate job. I was so grateful to be living at my parents. They didn't charge me rent at the time and it helped me to pay off my debt. And then when I won Miss Universe, I set really aggressive goals to save everything. I spent no money. I saved it all. And because the money I was making was different once I had won and was getting more commercial deals um, in the profile, you know, space around modeling or content or campaigns, I thought I'm not going to squander this. And the reason I got to that point where I sort of really took stock of what do I have? What am I doing? Is because I did hit that low. It's like I had no money, but I was spending money to look like I had money. And that is so silly. And I think in this age that we live in of social media where everyone's sharing what they have and sharing what, you know, they're doing and where they're going and what they're wearing. It's like we can really get influenced to think we need to keep up with a certain aesthetic and a lifestyle. Like, you know, when it comes to fashion, for example, like I'm not a luxury fashion influencer, but that's a whole niche. There is a whole niche dedicated to showing you that this is the kind of lifestyle you need to have and have these things and whatever and you know, for me, I didn't grow up having designer things or nice things. My parents were really humble, really working class. So I just fell into that trap of thinking that I've made it if I can keep up with what I'm told success looks like. And so when I hit that low and realized it was unsustainable, I decided to get financially savvy because I didn't grow up with financial literacy. My parents had to work really hard and they they did make their mistakes and so without that financial literacy I didn't understand that there is a difference between looking rich and building wealth and when I got into it the, the privileged position of a okay, cab, worked really hard of one Miss Universe and now I'm gonna hustle my ass off to work and lay the foundation for a lasting media career. I remember thinking to myself, one thing I don't want to do is let this window of time pass, and I've just squandered money because I think I'm successful, so now I've got to look successful. Instead, I saved every penny, and I talked to someone who was able to give me financial advice. And even now, so if I were to treat myself occasionally, because you know what, that's okay. I work really hard. And if I want to treat myself occasionally, like on my birthday, or if I've you know, just gotten a book deal, or, like the books launched or whatever, I've bought myself nice things. There's always meaning attached to it and it's significant. And I do that because now my mindset is, I don't want to have a scarcity mindset around money. I want to do what I need to do to be financially literate. I want to make sure I'm not buying things with money I don't have so on credit and I want to make sure that the way I spend my money is to invest in my future and I am now it's funny again I was talking to my partner about this we were talking about life and what does success look for us look like for us and and what do we want to do with you know I guess you know when you're older what do you want to have what do you want to show for it and it's not living in some big fuck off house with a quarter of a million dollar car and things like that. It is one day maybe investing and having a beautiful farm and two chairs on the deck and just having you know the freedom to just be with your family. It's actually a conversation that we've had and it makes me so happy to have been able to get to that place where I have that clarity around what's important. And when it comes to money now, I guess when I was younger, I used to spend. So I looked like I had a certain level of status and, and things like that. But now when it comes to money, I just want to make sure I'm doing things where I am secure. I can take care of people I love and it gives me freedom so that I can be instead of how do I buy people's perceptions of me? And so for anyone who's listening, I recognize that talking about money is a very layered, nuanced, complicated thing. It is a privilege to talk about money um, because for many people, the reality is you live paycheck to paycheck. That is how I grew up. And I really understand that. I know what it's like to not have money left at the end of the month or you lose your house. And like, I get it. And I guess the one lesson I want to give here is not to spruik the, well, everyone can get to a place where they're talking about financial security. Like, I know that's not the reality, but the lesson I learned is do not get caught up in bullshit that teaches you it is important to look like you know you have a certain level of status or you look rich and so you can keep up with and fit in with certain circles that is not important when it comes to money if it can give you security and freedom and just get you through that's what matters don't put yourself in a dire financial situation just to buy someone's perception of you and the last thing I want to say is I waited a really long time In, you know, I remember it was 2016, 2015, this mistake, you know, if you can call it that was, I remember I wanted at the time I was studying in HR and I was working in recruitment, but I loved makeup and I was doing my master's degree in management. This one's going to hit because I know there's a lot of you who are listening who are working in jobs or you're studying, but you've got a side hustle or a passion or a dream and we put things off because we're afraid we're afraid of what people are going to think of us, we're afraid what if it flops, we're afraid of taking a risk because we might be judged or we might disappoint ourselves so we think it's safer to not take the risk at all. And all of those things were what was on my mind when I was studying and working, but I wanted to start a little makeup page. And I thought, I'm not going to do it. Because what are people at uni going to say? And they were judgmental. I remember I had peers, it was the University of Melbourne and I was doing a master's degree and everyone thought, oh my God, that's so amazing. You're going to be so successful. And I remember when I told a couple of my peers, I wanted to, I was enrolling myself in the Napoleon Purtis makeup um, artistic qualification. Some of them were like, oh, do you want to be one of those YouTube makeup girls? And so what I started doing was referring to it as, oh, it's just a little pet project, just a little side thing. Instead of saying, this is what makes my soul sing. This is what makes me happy. You know, yes, I've got to study and work for security, but this is what makes me happy. I just said, oh, it's it's just a little thing. No, no, it's just a little thing. And it took me years. I think it took me three years between deciding I wanted to do it and actually enrolling in the course. And this is not to say, oh, I wish I had done it sooner. But if I had done it sooner, I would have been definitely, you know, one of the OG, OG, OGs to crack into the market, which you know would have set you up brand-wise, financially-wise, whatever. I could look back and say that because if I wasn't so afraid, I would have done those things. I don't regret it, but the lesson I learned is I will never, ever, ever let fear of judgment or someone else's opinion or the fear of failure or of things flopping ever stop me from doing something that I want to do ever again. Because at the end of the day, whether people love you or they hate you, They think you're cringe. They think you're successful. None of it fucking matters if you don't back yourself and if you aren't happy and if you aren't proud of what you're doing. And when I started taking risks and I enrolled in the makeup course, and when I threw my hat in the ring for Miss Universe, when I started speaking up on TV, yeah, there were people who still had opinions. Even when you acquire a certain level of success, there are people who were like, what the hell are you doing? You're this, you're that. To this day, I get those DMs. But you know what the difference is? The difference is, I'm just doing what I love and I'm happy. So it doesn't matter what people say. And in the same way that I don't let people's negative judgments cloud my decision making, I also try not to let people's affirming judgments influence me too much. Because I think that you should just do what you want to do without being motivated by either external praise or judgment, because those things are outside of you and they can change at any time. You know, people can be in support of what you're doing in your dreams or, you know, they can turn on you in any minute. So I think it's just better off that your sense of self, your self-concept, your image, what makes you happy, what you do, let it just come from you. So when the world around you is in flux and things change, the one thing that doesn't change is you and your happiness. Don't delay going after it. And that's the episode. I think it's really, it's Well, I think it's been really nice for me personally. I don't know how you felt listening to it, but it's felt really nice being able to look back at times where I thought I really, really messed up or I really hurt someone and I wish I didn't do something. But then looking back with the wisdom of hindsight and going, there was such a valuable gift of a lesson in it. And if there's one thing you take away from this episode, it's that no matter what you're going through, what matters is not what has happened, but in how you choose to respond. And that's where your power lies. So if you do anything, you know, I hope that you can forgive yourself for mistakes that you've made. I hope you can process it, and not ruminate on it. And importantly, I hope you can move forward with the gift of wisdom, because that is what all of these experiences come to you for. You know, it's to teach you. Remember, these things are happening for you, not to you. I'm Marie Till and I cannot wait to chat to you next time.